Journey to Pascha, Orthodox Spiritual Reflections on Great Lent, brought to you by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society of the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of Australia. On Palm Sunday, we celebrate the triumphant return of Jesus to Jerusalem with the reading of the Gospel according to John and the Saints for the 12th of April. We are joined by Father George Liangas, parish priest at the Greek Orthodox Church of St. Nectarios at Burwood, to reflect on the Palm Sunday Epistle reading. This is The Journey to Pascha. Our Daily Bread, Orthodox Scripture Readings to Help Nourish the Soul. John chapter 12, verse 1 to 18. On Christ visiting the resurrected Lazarus in Bethany and the triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for three hundred denaria and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me 
you do not have always. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him, and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason the people also met him, because they heard that he had done this sign. Lives of Our Saints The Saints of the Day whose stories are recorded in the prologue of Ohrid. The Venerable Isaac the Syrian II The first and better known Isaac the Syrian is commemorated on January 28th. St. Gregory writes about this Isaac. He came to Italy at the time of the Goths and in the city of Spoleto he entered a church to pray. He asked the caretaker to allow him to remain locked in the church overnight. And so, he spent the entire night in prayer, remaining in the same place. The same thing happened the next day, and even the second night. The caretaker called him a hypocrite and struck him with his fist. Instantly, the caretaker went insane. Seeing that the caretaker was bitterly tormented, Isaac bent over him, and the evil spirit departed from him, and he was restored to health. Upon hearing of this incident, the entire population of the city thronged around this amazing foreigner. They offered him money and property, but he declined all, accepted nothing, and withdrew into the forest, where he built a cell for himself, which rapidly grew into a large monastery. Isaac was known for working miracles and especially for his discernment. On one occasion, he ordered the brethren to carry all the hoes into the vineyard and to leave them there. The next day, Isaac, along with the brethren, went out into the vineyard and brought along lunch. The brethren were puzzled who was this lunch for? 
since there were no labourers. Upon arriving at the vineyard, there were as many men digging as there were hoes. This is what happened. These men came as thieves to steal the hoes, but by the power of God they were kept there and made to dig all night. On another occasion, two half-naked men came to Isaac and sought clothing from him. Isaac sent a monk to a hollow tree along the road to retrieve what he would find there. The monk departed, found some clothing and brought it to the monastery. The abbot took these clothes and gave them to the beggars. The beggars were extremely ashamed when they recognized their own clothes which they had hidden in this tree. Once a man sent two beehives to the monastery. A monk hid one along the way and he brought the other to the monastery and turned it over to the abbot. The saint said to him, Be careful upon your return, for a poisonous snake has slithered into the beehive that you left along the way. Be careful therefore that it does not bite you. Saint Basil the Confessor During a time of iconoclasm, this devout man was bishop in the town of Barrios in Asia Minor. He refused to sign an imperial document against the veneration of icons. For that, Basil was greatly persecuted and severely tortured, but he remained as firm as a diamond in his orthodoxy. He reposed at the beginning of the 8th century and was translated to the Lord. The Venerable Agakios Agakios was from the village of Golitsa in Epiros. He was a great Athenite ascetic, spiritual father and clairvoyant. Agakios had many heavenly visions. He gave his blessing to several monks who chose the ascetic feet of martyrdom. Agakios reposed in his 98th year in the year 1730 AD. The Venerable Athanasia Athanasia was born on the island of Aegina of wealthy and benevolent parents. She distributed her wealth to the poor and retreated to a monastery. There she took upon herself increasingly difficult ascetic labours. Athanasia took food only once a day and then only bread and water. During Great Lent she ate once every other day. She tasted oil and fish only on the feasts of the Nativity and the Resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even though she was the abbess of this convent, Athanasia was a servant to the other sisters and shied away from having anyone serve her. Athanasia was made worthy of the great gift of working miracles, both during her life and after death. She reposed in the Lord in the year 860 AD.
Orthodox Reflections on the Epistle for Palm Sunday. A very warm greeting to everybody and especially a prayer of love to you and your families that in this very difficult time that you're keeping well. Through this very unique time that we have, if we use it according to God's will, then it'll indeed it'll be this time period uh, where things are very different to usual can be a very edifying period for those who are able to cash in spiritually by turning to God and using this time for more fervent prayer and contemplation. This podcast will focus on the epistle reading that is read on Palm Sunday, a very unique and a very comforting and a very inspiring passage that the church has chosen to put in this feast, despite the fact that it doesn't directly relate to Palm Sunday. There is no mentioning of Palm Sunday in this passage, but the church has chosen it for reasons that may become apparent by the end of the podcast. The passage I'm referring to, and if anybody is sitting down listening to the podcast, can open their Bibles to the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. This is the passage, the epistle reading for Palm Sunday. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things which you learnt and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. St Paul was writing from the prison in Rome to the church of Philippi which he had, through the grace of God, set up. The church of Philippi was the first church that he established in Europe uh, through a vision that he had while still on Asia Minor to come and to preach to them and to inspire them. Philippi was the place where St. Paul was captured after he did a miracle by exorcising the demon out of a, a young woman. Her bosses had lost the income through her healing and they had captured him and they had put him in jail. And whilst he was in jail with Silas, he was singing hymns to God. Despite the discomfort and the injustice of being in jail very unfairly, St. Paul had used this as, as an opportunity for joy. And he's writing from another prison, and this time in Rome. So what he's saying in the passage is certainly not academic. It is not, he's not theorizing here. He is simply expressing what he is living so he says, rejoice, always. And again, I say rejoice. He is repeating the word rejoice out of emphasis 
to reinforce that God wants us to have joy. Indeed, joy is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Joy, proper joy, begins in God and therefore we return it to God. We don't try and find joy in other worldly things, but we keep our minds and our hearts rooted in God for us to maintain this joy. And St. Paul is saying, Rejoice in the Lord. The Lord is the only source of joy. And he says, always. Now, is it too much to say, rejoice in the Lord always? Is St. Paul perhaps being somewhat exaggerating when he says that we should be always rejoicing? Well, just judging from what we said, what we said about St. Paul and, and singing hymns while in prison and so forth, that he was able to experience this everlasting joy. And he is encouraging us to experience that when we turn our thoughts to God. So, of course, this joy is not something that we earn or that we practice through particular techniques. It is a gift. It is a gift when we have our hearts imbued with God that through a life in Christ, we acquire joy as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Having this joy surpasses other emotions without negating them. It is something that is always there. It is a strength, just like a rock in the sea. And you could have all the waves crushing against the rock and nothing will happen to the rock. Yes, we may feel sad by something happening, but underlying all this is this joy. We will not be reacting to this no matter how painful it is in our life. St. Paul then continues, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Greek word for gentleness is epiges. And there are various ways we could translate epiges. We could say it's leniency. We could say it's moderation. It's a good disposition that we have towards the other. To be able to bear afflictions, to be able to relate to the other and continue to be loving and gentle, even if the other person may not be like that to us. It is a total acceptance and love. It is a gentle, holy connection with the other. So St. Paul is urging us to have this epigia, to have this gentleness, and to make it known to all people. Just like Jesus Christ says, that you are light, the light of the world, that we cannot be hidden. Something who has this peace and this joy will be radiating that and this will help to make this lovely, gentle connection with the other person. And St. Paul is following this up by saying, the Lord is at hand. Let your gentleness be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. So why is he making this connection? Why is he talking about the Lord in this way when he's talking about being gentle towards other people? Simply because it is the presence of the Lord in our hearts which will lead us to have this gentleness towards others. And not only that, if we were to do the opposite, if we were to react to the other person or to have negative thoughts to the other person, we will certainly lose this connection to God. 
So knowing that the Lord is at hand will help us to maintain through being in God's presence to maintain this sense of gentleness towards other people. St. Paul finishes this passage by these amazing, beautiful, inspiring words that whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. Osa estin alithi, osa semna, osa dikea, osa agna, osa prosfili, osa efima, taftalogizeste. In other words, to distill in our hearts, in our minds, and through our senses, the beautiful things of God. The word for noble, things that are noble, is the word semna. And we could say, not just noble, but respectful. The things that are pure. When we think of that word, we may think of sexual purity. But we also think purity from indulgence, from addictions. And unfortunately, especially in the age that we are, we live in indulgence which is the opposite of pure, because the indulgent mind will become impure. Our thoughts may be impure. And St. Paul is telling us here to keep our thoughts to the things that are pure. The things that are of good report, ephthima. Ephthima, by which report? By the experience of the church. St. Paul is inviting us to do two things here. The first one is to elevate our minds, to lift them up from the things that are useless. Sometimes we may say, I'll do this, it's not a bad thing. But is it one of those things that St. Paul talks about? Is it true? Is it noble? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it of good report? Or are we wasting our time? Are we filling our minds and our hearts with useless things? which, of course, the devil can use to lead us astray. As we said at the beginning, this passage is not directly related to Palm Sunday. It does not mention Palm Sunday in any way. However, this passage and the theme of this passage about joy and peace is the message of Palm Sunday, that for the only perhaps time in Jesus' public ministry, the people around him had recognized him as the one true God. And that joy which the people experienced in having Jesus Christ as he is, as peace and as joy, as good. These, this sentiment, this experience that the people had is distilled in this passage of St. Paul. And we are called to live in this sentiment, in the sphere of God's grace. We can, not just on Palm Sunday, not temporarily, like the people that received him into Jerusalem may have felt, that eternally in our hearts we can say, Osana in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. May God bless all of us and may we have a blessed Holy Land 
and a blessed Pascha. that you've enjoyed this edition of The Journey to Pascha, brought to you by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or visit niknos.org at lychnos.org where you can find more Orthodox articles, talks and podcasts to help you on your journey this Lent towards the resurrection of our Lord.